Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, the podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. Uh, Today we're focusing on leadership and I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Jenny Haas. Jenny has spent much of her career in the field of leadership and organisational development, uh, primarily in the areas of client and employee experience, design of transformational events, and as a business support partner to the CEO and C-suite. Currently, Jenny works with several international leadership consultancies, including Anjali Leadership, where she enjoys helping leaders strengthen the heart of their leadership and helping organisations lead with humanity while not sacrificing productivity. Jenny is the founder of Kindness from the Heart, and she believes that even a seemingly small act of kindness can unleash an energy that ripples in ways unimagined, touching countless lives and transcending generations. Her mission is to share a compelling vision for creating a legacy of kindness, and she knows that by deepening our practice of both kindness and gratitude, we can bring a profound sense of joy and abundance into both our personal and professional lives. So welcome to the show, Jenny. How are you today? I am great, Jeff. Delighted to be here. Thank you. You're very welcome. And uh, well, this conversation has been a few months in the making, hasn't it? And I'm just going to explain to the audience that you and I have been sort of friends uh, online for the last sort of, well, coming up to two years. And we met through uh, Jane Adsed Grant and one of her listening courses. And also Kevin Monroe with his gratitude. Absolutely. Two wonderful groups that I've learned so much from. Traditionally, let's get into kindness straight off the bat. Um, The words kindness and leadership, they aren't always um, closely associated. And in fact, with some business leaders, kindness wouldn't even make it into their top 10 of priorities, if at all. Um, Good leadership should involve many skills and qualities and behaviours and values. So why is kindness such an important part of of that mix, Jenny? That's a really great question, Jeff, and and very relevant um, today. Um, There's a wonderful article in um, CEO World magazine. This is back from December of 2021, and it was written by Colleen Collender, and it's entitled, Kindness is the New Superpower for Leaders. Mm. And um, so many of her points resonate deeply with me and I agree with and just want to share um, just some of those. For example, she says, kindness is a powerful form of currency that we can trade for loyalty, trust, and high performance. And I would add to that, that is a universal language that anyone can speak, um, anyone can understand. Yeah. Um, She also shares about uh, that leading with kindness is what will separate good leaders from great leaders in the future. Absolutely believe that. The old era of leadership was about status, title, power, dictatorship, if you will, self-serving and having people do what you say. And the new era of leadership is about kindness, compassion, authenticity, collaboration, trust, humility, and being a leader that people choose to follow. In this new era of leadership, organizations that thrive will be those who cultivate a culture of openness, mentoring, inclusivity, build human connections, and empower their people to lead with kindness. And she also shares that uh, being a leader takes courage and strength. 
And a lot of times, you know, you hear people think that, you know, leadership, um, the skill of kindness is a soft skill. And it really isn't. It takes courage and strength and conviction. Um, kind leaders are capable of making good and strong business decisions, even tough decisions, and doing it with kindness. And they provide feedback for both honesty and kindness. You can do that. Yeah. Um, uh, kind leaders genuinely care and have a people first philosophy. They get to know their people, understand how they can support them to reach their goals and create an environment where people thrive and bring their best selves to work each day. So isn't that the kind of leader you want to be? You want to you know, provide that environment where people do bring the best, their best selves and you're going to get the best results from them. The company's going to get the best results. And then uh, being a kind leader is essential in today's world. I absolutely agree. Authenticity, transparency, self-awareness, warmth, and emotional intelligence are all characteristics and building blocks of a successful leader. And it also empowers others to lead with positivity and um, purpose and being open-minded and encourages collaboration and innovation. So think about all of those things and uh, the difference that can make in your organization, whatever the organization is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's some there's some really important things you've 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 sort of highlighted there, and uh, I think for for a number of years now, there, there's been a shift in leadership style. I, I know there's still a long, long way to go, but you know the the bad old days of command and control leadership. It's certainly in business. Um, you know, people people don't perform um in that sort of carrot and stick environment people want to be nurtured and they want to be valued and and uh feel that you know they've got a home within the business and everybody's uh you know pushing in this in the in the same direction and people are cared for um and one of the one of the books it was actually jane had said grant introduced me to a book called everybody matters by bob chapman um the ceo at barry waymiller um and you know that that was a a great read because it, it was it it struck a chord with me because I, i'd never really heard of a business that absolutely went out of its way to uh transform from being more of a, a numbers oriented organization to one that um you know treats every every team member as though it was you know a, a family member right. and a lot of you know, a lot of people would read that and think, well, you know, how are you going to make that happen? How can you mix looking after your people properly and being kind and caring with, uh, you know, being highly profitable? Well, Barry Waymill is a, a, a classic example of how that mm -hmm. actually can happen. I'm not saying it's easy. It, you know, it was a, a, you know, a journey. Oh, it's an effort. Uh, absolutely yeah. yeah it's an effort you know um there's there's such an amazing ripple effect um, of kindness no matter whether it's um you know in homes in communities in um countries um you know and in, in businesses and organizations yeah. and if you have a leader if your leadership team is committed to leading with kindness genuinely you know authentically not just on for show but in in, in every way um and that ripples down throughout the organization yep. and you think about um how their direct reports are much more likely to behave that way and especially when they share that this is what's inspect expected in this organization this is how we are this is who we are this is 
the way we behave. Yeah. And then it, you know, ripples out to, to the employees as well. Um, you know, there is, uh, there's always room to be kind. And these, uh, you know, these, these kindnesses and kind behaviors don't have to you know, replace anything in your leadership toolkit. They just add to it and make them yeah. stronger, more impactful. Yeah. And you, you mentioned about, um, that I worked with Stephen M. R. Covey. Um, I started with him just before his book, The Speed of Trust, launched, and this is a number of years ago. And I remember um, before when I had the offer to join the organization and work with him, I asked a friend um, what he knew about Stephen because I didn't know him. I just had the interview, and and he said, you know, I don't know, I don't know him personally, but I know someone who does and who's worked with them for a number of years, and I'll call him and let you know. So he calls me back and he talked to his friend and his friend said this, I would follow Stephen Elmar to the ends of the earth. Why? So you think about, you know, when I mentioned earlier about, you know, pine leaders are those that people choose to follow. That was a pretty impressive statement. And on that recommendation, you know, I accepted the role. And yeah. I'm so that I did. And another example is um, my cousin, uh, Takuya Hirano was um, a few years back. He was the CEO of Microsoft Japan, and I was talking to Takuya recently about kindness and leadership. And he shared about he had been at um, Honda, talking with some Honda leaders recently, and he mentioned that his brother-in-law, Mike Astic, uh, worked for Honda and has been there for a number of years. Mm. And this top leader said um, to Takuya. Mike is such a kind leader and such a good leader. When I'm around him, I want to be a better person. So, I mean, that I'd like to have that on my tombstone, you know, and just think about how that ripples effect uh, ripples out yeah. within the organization. Yeah. Um, pretty powerful, powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Very powerful stuff. So, um, empathy, uh, it's, I was quite pleased actually with some of the um, articles coming out of, uh, I can't remember what websites they were on. It might've been um, Harvard Business Review or lots of these uh, management, you know, global management um, consultancy type articles. They, they were describing empathy as the most important skill required by leaders. Um, I, I would probably agree with that. Um, how would you describe the, the current state of, of leadership in business, Jenny? And, and how does uh, empathy relate to other values such as kindness or gratitude, inclusion, trust, teamwork, uh, and those and those values? Well, I, I and I agree with it, and as well, and and you know, think think about the past three years that we've been going through. Everyone has been going through and um, the challenges and um, the leadership challenges, the challenges of just existing, you know, in, in, in trying to work and doing your best, all of those things, and uh, in such an unknown world. And mm. um, empathy is so important to, to relate to each other, to have to build that human connection, to um, build trust and compassion. And, um, and again, um, I, I mentioned Takuya, so... Um, I reached out to Taku and asked him to share with me some thoughts around um, kindness and, and leadership and its role. And um, and I want to share with you what he shared with me about Microsoft. Please, yes. So he said, um, 
At Microsoft, we worked in a very competitive market. We focused on how much better, smarter, faster we could be um, to win against the competitors. So it sounds like a lot of different organizations and industries, right? Mm. And we were always measured on our performance. While this approach is good in a sense for people to be diligent and self-aware of their improvement points, it does not necessarily promote thoughtfulness or a caring work environment unless the leaders are very intentional about making it so. Several years ago, the CEO of Microsoft embraced the word empathy as the key word for the culture of the organization. This was quite surprising and unique in a very competitive IT landscape. Empathy encourages you to think of others, values and circumstances, and allows you to appreciate the diversity of background, where people are coming from. It builds human context in how do we interact with one another versus business performance. And I think this is really key here. We then incorporated crucial components to performance measurement. On top of personal achievements, we incorporated helping others success, as well as seek for others' help in the evaluation so that we encourage being thoughtful about others' achievements as much as our own accomplishments. That is powerful stuff, I think. Yeah. And Takuya goes on to say, you cannot build a sustainable, successful organization and business without bringing people together towards a common goal. I believe sharing a common mission, trust based on authenticity, and create some of the key components to achieving this success. And he said, and I would state that these are all elements of leading and acting with kindness. Wow. And this is, uh, well, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest companies in the world, Microsoft. Yeah, what, what a difference it can make. You know, who knows how many hundreds and thousands of ripples that would have created throughout that organization. And then, of course, also on on employees' families as well, you know, because if, oh, sure. if you're treated well at work, that's going to have a, a positive knock-on effect to people's family life as well, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. so um, it, it all, I think it's all part of the same thing. Yeah, this is a business podcast. Um, you know, I, I always talk about manufacturing, but, you know, this is a, a topic. Leadership's a topic across any sort of sector anyway, but, mm-hmm. you know, kindness and a lot of, well, all values are relevant, I think, to all businesses, and they will have different levels of priority uh, and importance from one business to the to the next. But um, they're all relevant. And uh, thank you for sharing those words. That was uh, re- really, really insightful. Um, and it's it's really good to to see some of the, you know, the really large businesses, you know, having some passion in not just what they say, but what they do as well. I think that's part of the problem with, with values. Well, it's not a problem of values, but it's a problem of, of businesses adopting values or saying that they have values and Mm -hmm. they're just not sort of living and breathing them. That was going to be my, my next question, actually, you know, um, corporate values, you see them on company websites all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, not all businesses live up to those values and some of the individual leaders, um in in certain businesses i'm sure work against some of the company values and you know have one thing that i have thought about a few times in the past is you know when businesses choose their values have they got that right in the first place you know it's it's one thing uh, you know setting out a you know a vision a mission statement what are our values and then you know trying to bring everybody together to uh to have the the behaviors that that, that live out those values but then what what if you 
what if you're off the mark from from the offset with what your values uh, are? You know, how can how can businesses ensure that their values are ingrained in the company culture? It's it's quite a people think it's a real simple thing to do, but it's actually pretty complex, right? Yes, <clears throat> definitely complex. And I think about um, um, a number of years ago with uh, one of the global organizations I was working with, Leadership Consulting, um, I was on the values team and it was time to relook at our values. And we had, I think, a cross, cross-functional team of, I think there were eight of us. Mm. So that was something that was key was, you know, having that cross-functional, getting, getting insights. And we met multiple times, including having, having an offsite to really dig into, okay, what are those values that we want to lead our organization with? And, um, you know, what does that mean? How are they actionable, being descriptive around that? And it was a lot of hard work and drilling down. Um, and then we, we, we came up with, the, I think there were eight values that we felt really comfortable with. And then we presented them as a team to the, the leadership team. And, um, and then got their feedback and then fine-tuned them further. And then we rolled them out to the organization. So that's one of the things I think is so key that you kind of hit on is that, you know, it starts with the values that you select to begin with. I mean, don't just pick them, you know, here and, or oh, somebody else's looks good like that. But we really think about how do we want to be defined as an organization? And, and to me, a, value, a company value is something that gives us guidance. And if we come to, whether it's the, the leaders of the organization or at any point, you know, the employees that are at a, a lower rank, um, so to speak, if they have a question on um, how to behave in a certain way, we should be able to just look at our values and that will help guide us on what our behavior should be yeah. so that we are in line with those values. So it first starts with selecting the actual values. Um, are, are leaders going to, are these the ones that they want to inform how they lead the organization? Because I think one of the worst things that you can do is have this set of values and then just disregard them. I mean, yeah. you are authentic, you are you lose credibility, you lose trust. And and once you identified the right values, so think about ways that they can be articulated and really um, drill down in the best sort of way. And my friend, um, Alan Williams, I don't know if you know Alan, but he likes to say yeah. values are for living, Service not price. laminating. Yeah. Yeah, values are for living, not laminating. And I think that's perfect. So some of the ways to help to help live them is um, post them. You know, post them around your, yeah. your site. Share them widely. Put them on your website, um, in your employee handbook, um, in your onboarding package so that people know the company that they're, they're, they're joining. Put them yeah. in your hallways and newsletters. Um, make sure that everyone at every level not just knows the values, but understands what they are and understand, you know, what actions fall among those, you know, values. Yeah. If, if you're living the values, what does that look like? And then, you know, give some real practical examples. How is, you're living the company's values. How are you behaving with your customer? How are you behaving with each other, your team members? Employee engagement and, and, and retention uh, are, are two of the areas where, you know, if you've got the right values and you're you're communicating them effectively and reminding people through your own behaviors as leaders, right? Yeah, that will stop. That will that will buy buy people into the business so right. much more. You know, I I've heard loads of people over the years um, 
say about, you know, well, I've decided to leave this business because X, Y, Z. And then when you start sort of digging into it, you know, you find out that um, sometimes the, the business uh, are asking for one thing, but actually they mean another. That's in the job. But then when it comes mm-hmm. to the culture of the business, which I, I always bang on about culture because it is just so key. Um, it is. You know, businesses have values, but then you have little pockets within an organization where certain leaders are definitely not um, exhibiting the behaviors uh, that represent those values. And it it really does drive a wedge between employees and and the business or uh, team members and management or team members and, and the leaders because there's got to be consistency. I think that's a really important word as well. Consistency. If you're going to have values, it's got to be the length and for the length and breadth of the organization. And they have to be lived and breathed, remembered, uh, and sometimes added to uh, consistently. Right. Yep. And I would argue too, not just within the organization, but if you, you know, you've got a leader that is, maybe doing a great job in um, living the values within the organization, but you see them out in the community or in another situation and they're far from those values. I mean, I think that's important to really try to embed them, you know, in just a way of being. And, you know, in your, in your work in recruiting, I'm sure that's a big point in helping align candidates who are a good fit for an, an organization with their values. And, you know, you can, get that kind of a strong mix up front. Like you said, if the values are really being lived um, by the organization and by that employee, you're going to be around a lot longer than um, otherwise. There's so many benefits to getting that match right. And and yes, that is so important. You're right. It, it's not about just, you know, recruiting for a, you know, a set of technical skills. You know, if, if an individual's values aren't aligned with the business, that's not going to work. Yeah, I, I work very hard when I'm when I'm dealing with with candidates to try and you know find out how they like to work, how they like to be managed, what sort of culture are they used to, what 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 are they motivated by, you know, and sort of try and try and get a picture um, of of them as a person in the workplace. Um, because when you when you're looking at a CV, for example, it's just you know achievements where they've worked and for how long. But they want you to know, yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But you, you need to you need to know that if you, you know, headhunt that that candidate to to go into one of your clients that, you know, you want it to be right first time. Well, I do anyway. You know, you want to make sure that they're not just going to be hit with a nasty surprise when they join because right. it's yeah. just like chalk and cheese. Conversely, with with with, uh, with businesses, you know, when I'm, you know, talking to, to prospective clients, I'm, I'm very mindful of how that organization not just articulates its values and its successes and what some of the challenges are but I I also do a bit of digging around um, you know all the organizations that I'm either looking to do business with or are doing business with to to get my own view of what it's like to work within that business and there are a number of ways of doing that Um, uh, a lot of it you can you know you can pick up online or through through speaking to other other people because again certainly from a recruiting point of view you know clients can they don't always but they can tell you 
just what they think you need to know or you know they're, they're trying to cover up some sort of issue that they know they've got in the business and, and you know it comes back to leadership uh there are some great leaders around but there are also some that are absolutely in denial that they've got challenges and mm-hmm. issues within the business sometimes it's with themselves yeah. um so you know i, I think there's, there's got to be consistency there's got to be transparency as well and, and people want to know that um you know if they're going to go and work for an organization whether it's a you know an engineer out in the factory or whether it's a you know boardroom executive certainly with permanent employment you know you if you're going to leave one job to take up another one you don't want to go out of the frying pan into the fire you want to make sure exactly. you're making the right decisions based on uh on on the right level of information so it yeah it, it's really key and, you know, and some other ways to, I think, help really embed the values in the organization is besides making sure people are aware of them, that they understand them, they know what the what it looks like to be behaving that, um, with those values in mind. Um, spotlight, when you, as a leader, you know, whether it's the, the CEO, the C-suite, whether it's a, you know, lower level manager with their team, when you see an employee behaving in such a way that, that, that they're really embodying those company values, share it, celebrate yeah. it, give example, put it in the newsletter, give them a, you know, I know a family movie pass to, I mean, whatever, dinner, whatever it is, but celebrate it. And, and I think one other thing is that, you know, to me, it's important to remember too, that values are guide, guidelines, right? Um, and they are something um, kind of like a, a compass, but nobody is perfect. Nobody is going to be living them perfectly all the time. No organization is going to be living them perfectly all the time. But as long as we are striving and um, wanting to to um, get better and better, that we believe in them, um, doing our best, and then if we kind of fall short sometimes, yeah. like you said, transparency, own it, and just go, okay, you know what, I can do better next time, and I'm going to do better next time, and here's what I've learned from it. Yeah. Um, so huge, so important. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. So what's what's the the most profound act of kindness you've witnessed in, in leadership, Jenny? Because I know you're very passionate about random acts of kindness. And we'll, we'll talk in, in a little bit about kindness from the heart, which is your passion project. But what, what's the what's the most profound act of kindness you, you've witnessed? Um, you know, it, it's wonderful to, to be thinking about that question and having a number of things come to mind. I want to give you two examples. So one is one is personal. Um, a number of years ago, um, I was very surprised to learn that a couple of leaders had nominated me for an award I didn't even know existed. Okay. And it was an award. Um, it's the Unsung Hero Award. Their passion made your event possible. And it wasn't in a Actually, an international award started in Singapore, but it was um, from North Star Meetings Group. And um, the, the word talks about uh, recognizing behind the scenes industry professionals whose passion and commitment to excellence contributes meaningfully mm. to the achievement of successful business events and the highest levels of customer satisfaction. And, um, and that was at a time when I was doing a lot of um, events. And so um, whether it was international um leadership summits and helping to, to lead the team to create those summits, whether it was client experience with a workshop or um, an employee meeting or a Christmas event or just whatever it was, 
I, I love to do a lot of things to try to make the events special and memorable. And so whether it was, you know, if we had a, um, I remember having a conference, um, actually a workshop in Canada. And so I would do these, you know, special gift bags and I would include, you know, things in that area to you know, even this little tiny cute bottle of, you know, pure maple syrup or, you know, if we're in Arizona, pretty care, um, Prickly pear cactus jelly, or just things like that, too. You know, just kind of special, fun kinds of things, but in creating spaces where people would build community and get to know each other and support each other long after the, the workshop is over. And so, when you do a lot of those things that maybe take some extra hours or weekends or late nights or behind the scenes, you, you sometimes feel like, does anybody really notice, right? And so, um, I was nominated for this award. There were a bunch of um, folks that within the organization that um, added to the nomination and wrote recommendations. Um, at the time, I was creating a, an event, a summit. Um, so I won this this award, and it was so meaningful. We went to um, the winners went to Las Vegas for a um, a presentation, very special luncheon. There was a, um, a video made of each of the. Uh, the winners, and that was shown, and uh, we just had such an you know, expense, all expense paid, really wonderful trip of being honored for kind of mm. being behind the scenes and making an event really special. And it's like something like that was that made me feel um, appreciated, seen, all of those wonderful things, and yeah. um, meant a great deal. And then, then I think about um, there is an amazing leader that's local here in Utah that I have not met in person yet, but I've been connected with him on LinkedIn, which is such an amazing connector. Yeah. And um, and if you don't know him, I would suggest following him. His name is Nate Randall. Okay. And he is um, CEO of an organization called Gab Wireless. And Gab Wireless is, is their goal is to create um, watches and phones for to keep our, our youth, you know, safe and so that they can communicate with them. But without all of the, the things that can get into them to trouble or put them in danger. Yeah. And um, so Nate is um, someone who is just really remarkable in his in his leadership. Um, and I reached out to him and asked him about kindness, his, his thoughts around kindness and leadership. And he he shared about it, a post that he had done on LinkedIn recently. And it was um, how how do I decide whether or not to invest my time. And looking at that post, he talks about um, his equation is time plus taking action equals impact. So if he yeah. finds that it's going to have an impact, it's going to make a difference to you know, family, friends, single parents, um, employees, his organization, you know, then it's, he's going to invest his time in that. And he says, if I'm not making an impact, it's not worth my time. And I love this. He says, I have found that the lasting impact of kindness will always be worth my time. And um, for example, I think about a month or so ago, Nate was um, hearing more and more about people that were in, involved in layoffs. Um, and he's, yeah. got a, uh, he's got a real respect and soft spot in his heart for single parents because for a time he was raised by a single parent. Okay. And his this man goes above and beyond um, in, in helping to lift single parents. And so he he's developed in the past like year and a half, he's developed an amazing LinkedIn following. And um, 
he donated, gave up his LinkedIn presence um, for a week. I think there were three or four individuals that were single parents that were looking for their next professional opportunity. And so Nate highlighted them, you know, each day and then asked his network to, you know, open up their networks to help them, you know, make, make, make connections, help them find the next spot for them. And um, it was really remarkable, the outpouring of people just reaching out and saying, oh, you're interested in, you know, product development. I know someone that I can connect you with. And, you know, doing things that are just above and beyond like that, um, he's doing all the time. And you think about how, you know, he really embodies that message I mentioned earlier from that article about um, kindness being the new superpower for leaders. And, you know, he's always wearing that cape in in such an authentic and genuine way. And when you look through the responses that he has, um, it is really bringing people, their attention and their interest and their loyalty to Gab Wireless and the products they have, as well as the kind of leadership that that Nate um, is is showing. And it's very genuine. And it's the kind of, um, the kind of impact that you just don't have with a slick marketing campaign. Yeah. I mean, you just can't buy that kind of, of genuine loyalty and interest. Um, it's been remarkable to witness. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a, a, a fantastic example. And thank you for sharing that. I mean, it, it, it so fits with that, that notion of, you know, culture is and should be driven from the top. You know, so if you want to, if you want a great culture within a business, if you want to create this environment where everybody feels part of the team, they feel heard, valued, seen, um, that's an absolutely wonderful way and a, and a great example of a CEO, you know, going out of his way to to do something for uh, a, a, well, in this case, a certain demographic in, in the uh-huh. local community. Um, but that's, yes, it's helped it's helped those single parents, but it's also sent a really clear message to the employees of that mm-hmm. of that business as to this is the real CEO. This is our leader. Right. Look what right. look what he's done, guys. You know. Exactly. Uh, so I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Um, uh, I've got a I've got a, a a quote. I was thinking before before we did this podcast. I was thinking about some some quotes that I'd heard of in the past. Uh, about kindness and one of my one of my favorite ones uh, that I revert back to quite often is is actually from uh, Sir Winston Churchill um, we make a living by what we get we make a life by what we give um, and I, I I really really like that and I, I guess I suppose some people would look at that and say we make a living by what we get but actually in business what I found is the more you give the more you get anyway that's just how how it works but we make a life by what we give and i I think uh you know if if everybody in business um just had that mindset yes there's always milestones to reach there's financial targets there's uh you know a whole raft of you know kpis all over the place lit the business the business world is littered with it but you know if if we all um maybe came from a, a, a position of, you know, what can I give today? Or, you know, we're, we're all so busy and so tied up. And I'm a, 
I guess I'm a bit of a sucker for it. You know, I, I always like to help people. And sometimes the things I do to help people, you know, that they've got no commercial value for me or, or for my business, but it's sort of linked in a way. But I just have this, um, I just get a, a just a really warm sense. Uh, just get that warm feeling of, you know, you've done something good. You've done something that's going to make a difference to somebody's life, even if it's in a really tiny way. If I can... Um, you know, I'm always sort of giving little snippets of, of, of information or maybe a bit of advice here and there, or, you know, point somebody in the right direction. Right. Um, donating my time is something that I like to do. Um, it's not always the best for my diary, but um, I think if, if, if certainly from when you look at leadership, and I'm sure a lot of employees around the world would probably agree with this and that is you know would they feel better and more engaged with the business if they had a little bit more of the leader's time and so if it, what i'm saying is if you're a leader uh yes everybody's diaries are rammed these days it's a it's a frantic world that we live in um but i think for leaders to properly connect with their people and without their people there wouldn't be an organization after all. Um, it's about finding those little, those little bits of time in a, in a, in a crammed diary. Mm -hmm. that can, this is what we were, you were talking about earlier, the ripple effect, right? You know, if, if a CEO or a divisional director or a VP uh, can, you know, once in a while recognize somebody or, or give somebody five or 10 minutes personally on a one-to-one -one or a mm -hmm. quick phone call, um, those are the sort of things for individuals within businesses, you know, team members and departmental managers. They all need a bit of support from time to time. It's no good just having an annual appraisal and just going through weekly forecasts and figures all the time. I think that that personal one-to-one -one message or acknowledgement, I mean, that that's for me, that that's an act of kindness because it's absolutely it's, it's not just a well, if you come to, to work for us and you do a great job, um, yeah, we're going to pay you. We're going to pay you bonus. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You're going to have opportunities to progress. But I, th I think often in business, the, 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 the feedback that people want to hear the most is not necessarily that, yeah, you've done great and you've done this and you've, you've hit this milestone. It's, I, I really, I'm really appreciative and I'm grateful for right. the work that you've done and the difference that you've made for our business, our customers, um, your team members, you know, just please know that you are valued. And I think just that little simple um, sentence, you know, obviously if, if it's, uh, if it's actually the case um, is, is so powerful, you know, so um so I'm just uh, yes. conscious of, of time. We, we've uh, we've had a, an almighty conversation already. I've learned so much more from you today, as I always do. But I wanted to quickly ask you about your work at Kindness from the Heart. You know, what, what was your reason for launching it? And what sort of projects or initiatives are, are you currently involved in or, or developing, Jenny? Well, thanks for asking. And, and I think you mentioned it earlier. It is my passion project. Mm. So while I'm still doing a lot, you know, in the field of leadership and, and very much enjoy that as well. Um, a couple of years ago, I was really being concerned with 
the way the world was headed. You know, there was um, just so much, and this is before COVID, but, you know, seeing more and more divisiveness here in this country and, you know, around the world as well, and feeling like, um, while kindness has always been important, it feels like never more so than now. And, yep. and I think it's our hope for our future. And so I just um, wanted to really dedicate some time and energy in trying to help spread a, um, a compelling message, you know, um, global message for what kindness is, looking at it in, in ways to um, want to embody it and not just have it be something random here or there, but, you know, part of who we are and the way that we behave and one of our core values. And, um, you know, I want people to think about creating a legacy of kindness because mm. we are, no matter what we do, we're creating a legacy of some sort in the way that we behave um, in what we do and how we treat others and, and all of that. So why not think about creating a legacy of kindness? And the ripple effects are so incredible. When you mentioned about you know doing a small act of kindness, I, it's, I started putting the, the word seemingly small act of kindness because yeah. of that ripple, the way that it impacts, it can, uh, you know, just an act of kindness um, done to someone, towards someone, impacts that individual. It yeah. impacts so the receiver, it impacts the giver, and you have no idea where it's going to go out from there. And um, whether it's the way that we, you know, for example, the way that we treat our employees, um, they're going to behave with with your customers and clients and treat them very much the same way that they're being treated internally within their culture. Yeah. How do you want that to be? You know, um, how do you want that to be reflected? And so um, a number of different initiatives I'm involved in um, planning World Values Day. And uh, that's annually in October, um, started in the UK actually. Um, that, was, that was Charles Fowler. And, Charles uh, Fowler, uh-huh. And, um, you know, that's a whole day dedicated to, um, you know, what is your, what are your core values and how do you behave with them? And um, so I'd like to bring kindness and gratitude into World Values Day. Um, spent some wonderful time this past year in helping to plan the 25th anniversary celebration for World Kindness Movement, yep. which is, it actually started um, World Kindness Day in November. And, um spoke at their presentation and I think Jeff you joined us for that. I look to to find ways that we can uh, create maybe when we give gifts, gifts that inspire kindness. Um just a quick sample that I did um when my mom was turning 91 a few years back. She's almost 94 now. And um I decided to invite people to do um an act of kindness in her honor to celebrate her 91st birthday to send it to me and um I put it together in a book for her. And oh, so, wow. um, so here's, here's what it, here's the book that turned out. Can you see that? Yes. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. So, so that was 91 plus acts of kindness because people did multiple acts. There were 133 acts that were completed. Um, and, and the ripple effect of that just goes, you know, goes out. Um, my mom was so touched that she decided she would do 133 acts of kindness in turn. So that jumped out, shared it with somebody else. They committed to doing 133 acts. And it's just, you know, who knows where this has gone from a simple yeah. gift to honor yeah. my mom. Um, so I'm, you know, 
little um, um, adventures and um, things like that to just help bring the focus to kindness and maybe help us think about kindness in, in a different way. What a, a wonderful uh, sort of vision there, uh, celebrating 91 years. Crikey, that, that's, that's an achievement in itself. But as you say, all of the, the different levels and, and the ripples that that would have, uh, you know, created other smiles, other uh, people, you know, enjoying life or, or their work a little bit more through a little act of kindness from, from somebody else. Yeah, I think we do need a, a bit more of that in the workplace and around the, around the world and in the local communities. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you today. I'll look forward to keeping in contact with you as I do anyway, uh, throughout the year in terms of kindness and gratitude. Uh, I know we've got another World Kindness Day in November. Is it, is it the 13th? I can't remember the exact. November 13th is World yeah. Kindness Day. And then um, I think it's uh, February 17th is Random Acts of Kindness Day. So we've got one coming up here um, pretty quickly to do some fun things and see what kind of impact we can have. Great. Well, I wish you all the best with everything you're involved in. Thank you very much indeed for sharing your time with me today uh so that wraps up today's episode um i hope the audience have uh, enjoyed our discussion thanks again to jenny huss from utah usa thank you for listening and look out for the next episode of insights for manufacturing see you next time and bye-bye <laughs>